0: Scott Shea is our guest on the Disk Institute of Pittsburgh Newsline, and we are looking forward to visiting with him about a little bit of music history, about a book that he has written, and how to find exactly the right jams if you're going to be jumping in the car to go somewhere over the 4th of July weekend. Scott, it is great to have you on KDK. How are things in Eastern PA?
1: Hey, Rick, yeah, a little a little hazy, but uh, otherwise, very nice. Uh, thanks for having me on.
0: Absolutely. Well, in addition to being a music history expert, he's got a brand new book that's about the mamas and the papas called All the Leaves Are Brown. And we will get a chance to talk about that as well. But my first question is, how does one get to be an expert in music history? Was this just a matter of that you won all the bar games somewhere and someone deemed you that? Or was this something else? How, how did you get that title?
1: You know, I would like my chances in the board game. I I, uh, I would too, yeah. Just listen. A lot of listening, a lot of reading. You know, you get those uh, reissues of CDs with liner notes. I'm actually the guy who reads the liner notes. Yeah, right. So <laughs> right. I think I just absorbed all that.
0: So what is it about music that spoke to you really early on? I mean, whether it was rock and roll, was something different that that you didn't uh, hadn't heard before, or your time working in the radio business as a producer and a and a buff. I mean, what was it about music that spoke to you?
1: Well it started with the radio, you know, and uh you know I grew up in the uh, the early days of MTV when they played music videos, so mm-hmm. I soaked all that in. Um I was a uh, a student uh, a listener of the great WCBS FM in New York yeah. where Bob Shannon was once a uh, a DJ, of the late great Bob Shannon who got his start at KDKA uh, he passed away a couple of days ago. Uh but uh you know I just love I just love listening to uh to music and uh, I you know when we were kids we would uh, Listen to the top forty, uh, and my father, like most fathers, wasn't a fan of uh, the current uh, the pop music. So he kind of uh, compromised by putting on the oldies station, and I loved it. <laughs> you know, I loved it. I absorbed it, and it's been with me ever since. You know, I just love I love old doo wop. I love fifties, sixties. 70s and i love the music that i grew up with and there's good music out there today that i listen to so
0: and yet if you go through maybe a super bowl or some of the other you know big time highly watched things nobody would be surprised if the mamas and the papas were background music in one of those commercials why is their music so long living so enduring
1: but it's, very, it's just genuinely good music. It's made by, it, you know, it was crafted by John Phillips and Lou Adler, two really great. And John Phillips was a great songwriter. Lou Adler was a great uh, studio guy, and uh, they arranged these songs. Uh, that really came from the heart, uh, you know, had kind of, uh, uh, you know, John and the rest of the Mamas and the Papas had folk music backgrounds. So it led to the degree of authenticity, I believe, to uh, their arrangements and their singing style. And it just, it captured an era. It captured that folk rock era, that response, that American response to the British invasion in the mid 60s uh, that, you know, people still love. still love hearing the Mamas and the Papas. We still love hearing the birds and the Loving Spoonful and uh, all these other great, uh, American, uh, acts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> and, you know, and, uh, just, we just love it. Mama you know, Cass, it's just, it's, John, timeless.
0: you talked about the Phillips, but Michelle Phillips also interesting dynamic between mama, John and Michelle. How so? What, what would you say?
1: Well, it, you know, there was a very carnal, uh, link between many of them, uh, John and Michelle were married, um, it was John, She was John's second wife. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, she she was she had stepped out on him a couple of times. Uh, and when I say that, I mean have had affairs. Uh, one of them was with uh, Denny Doherty, the lead singer of the Mamas and the Papas. The
0: other guy, yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, and,
1: and interestingly, the guy with the voice, yeah, yeah. And interestingly, you know, Mama Cass or Cass Elliott, she, uh, had, she was in love with Denny. She had been in love with him since they fir- first met in 1963 uh, in uh, in Greenwich Village when they were both part of folk uh, bands. And, um, you know, her love was unrequited. Denny loved her a lot as a person person, was a good friend, but uh, didn't feel the same way about her on a romantic level. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, so when it came to light that Michelle was having or, you know, had had an, uh, an escapade with him, uh, it just really broke her heart and uh, just it, it just drove a wedge into the group. And they were able to overcome it. But I don't think fully, you know, it was um, it was certainly uh, an issue that uh, that plagued the group throughout their, their short time together.
0: What was it about this particular... I mean, you could have written about 50 different groups that are still well-loved right now. Why was it that you chose the Mamas and the Papas? Why this one?
1: Well, they have a great... Story, you know, they—they they might not be the first group that jumps, out, jumps out, you know, into you in your mind when you think of the great rock and roll bands from the 1960s, uh, but they're certainly up there. At, but uh, they have maybe one of the most rock and roll stories. of you know, Fleetwood Mac before Fleetwood Mac, and um, you know. Um, they hadn't been written about, really. Their, uh, their book, like uh, one writer said that reviewed my book, he said, the, the Mamas and the Papas bookshelf is very, very thin, mm-hmm. and it's surprising to me. And when I was looking for uh, a book to read on them, I, it was also at the same time you know, contemplating writing a book and looking for a subject. And when I saw that they had hardly been written about, um, I said, here it is. got to write this story.
0: Did you find anything about the ham sandwich? Because everybody said Mama Cass died of eating a ham sandwich. Is there any truth to that at all?
1: There was a ham sandwich in the room. I believe she had eaten one, but she didn't choke on it she uh She had died of heart failure uh due to, you know she had been on these uh these crazy diets that uh take a designed to take a lot of weight off mm-hmm. very quickly mm-hmm. and she had uh you know she had yo yoed on those and I think those were detrimental to her health plus you know her her weight and- uh, and combined with her her past drug use um Uh, caught up to her and and, and resulted in heart failure. Yeah, Yeah.
0: a lot of hard living. So as a music expert and a music historian, can you put together for us a list or a list of groups that if you were going on a 4th of July road trip, and let's say it's going to be, you're going from Pittsburgh to the Jersey Shore this weekend, (laughs) what would be on your playlist, not necessarily individual songs, but what bands, what groups would you have on there that regardless of someone one's musical enjoyment or, or their sweet spot that they're going to be able to say, you know what, we can all get along with this and enjoy this music from here to the Jersey Shore. Uh there's a,
1: there's uh there's there's a good a good bunch of them you know I would say uh, the beach boys are certainly one of them especially mm-hmm. when you start picking out albums like Pete uh, Pet Sounds and the beach boys today um I'd, I would go personally David Lee Roth or a Van Halen I okay. think that's I think that's good stuff a lot of people like that Sly and the Family Stone um Willie Nelson Willie Nelson has some great road songs I would say Bruce Springsteen I'm a big Bruce Springsteen fan but there's a lot of people out there that just don't like Bruce for whatever reason, and he can yeah. be for some reason he can be a very divisive artist. Yeah. Um the the, the Almond Brothers band, the Grateful Ooh. Dead, uh, Prince. There's, there's a lot of them out there. That's an eclectic <laughs> you
0: know. mix. When you go from the Grateful Dead to Prince, that might be a hard transition. But if anybody can do it, it's probably <laughs> you. It's probably you, yeah, Scott. I think I could. I sure appreciate it. it. Thanks so much for jumping in here. Again, the book, it's brand new, an opportunity for you to learn more about All the Leaves Are Brown. Again, it goes into the histories of the mamas and the papas, and it says, you know, shedding some new light as to exactly what went on there. And again, not a whole lot's been written, but Scott Shea, S-H-E-A, has done that with his brand new book, All the Leaves Are Brown, talking about how they got together and then ultimately broke apart. Scott, thanks for being here. Rick, thanks for having me on. Yep, great stuff. With Scott Shea here on KDKA. 416 from the P.J. Fitzpatrick Home Improvement Traffic Center. We checked the cars from the KDKA AAA traffic on the fives, powered by Bowser, celebrating 40 years of serving Pittsburgh. Paul. Very slow ride for you. This is northbound on 79, and we have an accident just before uh, Wexford. uh, uh, Yeah, and it's uh, very slow, very heavy. Uh, you're backed up into 279. It's coming all the way down toward Mount Nebo Road. Very slow on 79 as well. Also on the parkways east and west, pretty heavy and slow. That's also both inbound and outbound. And we have a lot of traffic around the Highland Park Bridge on 28. That is affecting traffic in both directions. Our next KDKA A traffic on the fives comes your way at 425. From the Voice of Pittsburgh, 100.1 FM and AM 1020 KDKA, I'm Paul Alexander.